0: What's up, everybody? It's your Draft Queens, Kate and Michelle. And do we have the most important episode of the year today? I think we do, Michelle. I think this is the most important episode of the entire year. How are you and how excited are you? Let's just cut right to the chase. We're talking
1: about the AFC South, baby. Tighten up, baby. I mean, we didn't really even do this on purpose, but how fitting that we are wrapping up our AFC conference breakdown with the AFC South. Obviously, Kate has been giddy about this for weeks upon weeks. It's almost like I don't even need to be here because I just know that Kate is chock full of things to say about this conference.
0: But Mm -hmm. here we are.
1: We're going to break it down for you in our final AFC breakdown episode. That's right. And it feels so much like a celebration, Michelle, and I'll tell you
0: why. There's a couple reasons here. So we are heading into a long luxurious holiday weekend and I don't know about you but I have Friday and Monday off which is just an absolute very generous
1: it's very generous
0: it's extremely generous and I'm excited to regenerate and rejuvenate thanks to that generosity (laughs) but also it feels like a holiday not just because it is a holiday but because we're recording this episode today I've been looking forward to it since we started these conference breakdowns and uh here we are this is gonna be so much fun
1: it's going to be a good one. It's definitely going to be a good one. I'm excited. Now, before we get into it, do you know what time it is? Do you know what time it is? I think, I, think <laughs> I have an idea of what time it is. So what time is it,
0: Michelle? Because this is
1: my new favorite thing in the whole world. I think for those of you that didn't listen to the last episode and breakdown go ahead and do yourself a favor and do that for a myriad of reasons but uh, one of the main reasons is we've decided to give Kate a very small short quick I don't know how many more words I can use to make sure that we we realize what the brevity brief yes all of these things zippy Kate Kate always has a lot of things to say that's just putting it lightly I kid you not we've been we've been talking 30 minutes about random things before we even get on the mic You're welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We need to keep Kate, you know, under a little bit more (laughs) restrictions here. Hence, just one thing with Kate. Kate, you get one thing that you want to share with everybody, and you cannot roll it into 20 other things as you typically do. No, It's just one thing with Kate.
0: This is... I want a theme song, okay? Like, I don't know where the budget comes from, but if there's any composers out there who want to make me a theme song for Just One Thing with Kate, like, that's kind of what I'm going for here. I mean, basically, you should probably just lift that audio and use it. Like, I don't know exactly what kind of a vibe it would be. Usually, like, our intro is a little bit like... uh not like hip hoppier but I it like needs that to be vibe. A little bit
1: yeah but it needs to be a little bit more sped up because as I said this is supposed to be short and quick and brief so Kate That's right. what is your just one thing this week so my just one thing this week with myself
0: is I thought of it actually three weeks ago I thought of it three <laughs> weeks ago And I texted you about this, so I see you laughing. (laughs) That's because I came
1: up with this one. I can't believe you've been sitting on this. I I have. It's nothing short of a miracle that you've had this in your brain for three weeks and haven't said it yet. I've been,
0: (laughs) it has nothing short of a miracle. All right. So I've been sitting on it because it's appropriate for this particular episode. And also, I know that it links up with something that you've been doing. So. Okay. I come home three weeks ago. And I was on the road. Remember, I was in LA for those trips. And so I come home and lo and behold, right in front of me, I have a present from my boyfriend. And what is the present, you ask? What, what is the occasion? The occasion is nothing. The occasion is my just one thing from last week. And that's life itself and just how what wonderful it is. So I come home to a present. It's some beautiful flowers. And a little, little box. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And he was like, well, just a gift because you've had a long week on the road and, like, you deserve it. And I was like, first of all, oh, that's so cute. Like, in the, <laughs> in, in, like, the Alexis voice from Shits Creek, it's like, oh, David, that's so cute. <laughs> and so that was amazing. I open up the box. What is in it? It's a, it's a club cover For a golf set that is embroidered with the Tennessee Titans logo. Wow. Powder blue with Tennessee Titans fire flames coming off the back. Wow! Oh, it's beautiful. He knows you well. He knows me well. And you know what we went out and did after that gift? I went out and bought my first ever my own lefty golf club set. So now I'm the proud owner of my own golf clubs.
1: Wow. That's, you know what? That is very impressive. Good on, good on the boy to get you such a thoughtful gift just because. Don't we all deserve men like that? We do. We do. And good on you for going out there and just flexing on some golf clubs. I'm impressed. Well, well, listen, it's kind of like, all right, I've said this on the
0: show before, but I've got goals for my different decades. And so for my thirties, I'm like, I want to golf. <laughs> and what better time than this? I just got a really nice gift. I might as well get some clubs, stick it on there, and then I can go use them. And if I want to upgrade later in this decade, I can. But for now, I have a beginner set of
1: golf clubs and I'm ready to go. Okay, that's amazing. Um, I have two thoughts on that. One, you're a lefty. We have definitely we've talked about this, Michelle. But you don't write left-handed. You do not write left-handed. Okay, that's what I see you do the most. Okay,
0: swing left. Okay, swing left. Got it. Good question though.
1: Left. Okay, left-handed clubs, amazing, great. Um, Also, I think we should probably do a Draft Queen's Invitational at some point. I am so aligned with that because I know that you also are good at golf
0: apparently when did you get good at golf because you've been posting all this stuff on Instagram and you're good at golf now what the fuck I thought you were waiting for me
1: I okay so Kate I went golfing (laughs) for the first time basically ever in my life last weekend I have definitely played like putt-putt and mini golf who hasn't I've also been to the driving range but I have never ever ever played a hole or multiple holes of golf in my entire life normally I'm the one driving around in the golf cart drinking and providing beers sometimes maybe I'll step into the tee box and hit it but I never took it seriously and I never did it something changed last weekend I got an outfit I looked great I felt really good about it and I played we didn't play a full 18 we played like Maybe 13 or 14 because we had to go home and get the dog. I'm, you know, dog mom mm-hmm. life. I was really stressed out. We had to yep. go home and get him. Anyway, I played every single hole. I only lost four balls into the drink, which felt pretty good for me. That's really like, good. I was out driving some of the people that I was playing with who play a lot more than me. So I feel okay. really good about. A Draft Queens Invitational. I do not have clubs. Perhaps I will have to get some. I mean, it sounds like you have to get some.
0: It sounds like you have to get some because now I've got swag. I think I'm going to go like full cute ass powder blue and white. Like I'm going to (laughs) go white on white maybe. And you've got your like black on black outfit. Black on black. And it's just going to be a monochromatic like smashing time. It's going to be great. right.
1: All right, we're going to plan this. We're going to plan this. We're going to do a Draft Queens Invitational. We will capture content. We'll probably make it competitive between Kate and I because that's what Kate and I do. And then at some point, we'll have to share this, what will sure to be hilarious Um, content on our socials uh, when we get there. Absolutely will. Okay, we're definitely
0: doing that. But all of that to say, so I was sharing this just one thing because I thought this just one thing was perfect for today because that... Like, my driver club... What's it
1: called? Like, a club head cover? Is it called a club head? Yeah. The driver cover. It's Titans. We're talking about the Titans today. I went golfing. It's almost as if you could, like, see the future. I'm pretty impressed with this just one thing. Listen, no crystal ball, but sometimes crystal ball. (laughs) (laughs) That said, I think we should get in to our AFC South breakdown. Yes. Let's get into it. So...
0: Uh, I, I probably am gonna start us off with the obvious, but just as a as a recap of of who exactly is in the AFC South, uh, we've got the Tennessee Titans, my boys, uh, the Indianapolis Colts, the Houston Texans, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, that is also the order Michelle in which each team finished in the AFC South last season. So. In the spirit of all of these episodes, we'll go top to bottom, and then we'll go ahead and predict where each of the four of them finish. Now, with the Tennessee Titans, you know I could talk about them for a year, but from your perspective, like, let's get your take before we get any of mine. How do you feel about the Tennessee Titans in the offseason and how they're going to look in this upcoming season?
1: So you and I have talked a little bit about this for obvious reasons, because you are such a a Titans fan. You know, they, they finished 11 and five last year, really strong season, uh, really strong team. Like they just, they looked great. They played great. Now there was a lot of early news in the off season that just seemed to be like a kick in the face one after the other. It was like Jonu Smith gone, Corey Davis gone, Adam Humphreys gone. And I was like, I was getting worried for Kate. I was like, what's your boy going to do? What's your boy Tanny going to do here? Like, he's got no one to throw it to. He obviously has King Henry in the backfield, so, like, we're never worried about that. But all these big names and, and targets were were sort of just going by the wayside, and I was like, man, what's going to happen over here? So I was feeling nervous until the news Of Julio Jones getting signed. Right. The minute that happened, I was like, shit, this is a game changer. Like, I don't know if they knew this was coming or if just the opportunity uh, presented itself. Uh But when you see that name pop up, you've got Derrick Henry, you've got A.J. Brown, and now you have Julio Jones. Now it makes some of those other names just seem like, "Eh, all right, par for the course. We lost those guys, but we got Julio Jones. So... I I was feeling a little shaky in the off season for you and your Titans until that news, you know, came to fruition. In which case, I mean, you know, they should 11 and five is a great season. They, they should potentially have an even better season this year. I
0: mean, I, I really hope so, but I also had the same feelings as you during the off season. I was like, what the heck is the team cooking up? Like, we dropped Jonu Smith. There's no wide receiving core. There's no Corey Davis. There's no Adam Humphreys. Like, what What are we doing? Wh- who are we looking for? We pretty much dropped our entire defense. Dory Jackson, uh, Malcolm Butler, Dennis Kelly on the line. Like, I, my, I was very confused. Now, the signing of Julio Jones in the spirit of this episode did feel like a celebration, right? Like, that was so yeah. – I was absolutely shocked that we signed him. But that. I guess is what the team was waiting for. So in that vein, I mean the Titans have changed a lot. Like it's no small
1: undertaking. Yeah, yeah these, these are big these are big big changes. They're going to have to run the offense differently like yeah, these are these are no no small no small changes here. No, and I think
0: like at least for this year, we're banking on the same people, right? We're banking on A.J. Brown to do A.J. Brown. We're banking on Derrick Henry to do Derrick Henry. We're banking on Tannehill to step up and hopefully for Julio to perform. And if all of those three to four pieces come together, I think the Titans are in a really, really good place this year, regardless of like their, their other receiving core. I know they picked up Des Fitzpatrick as one of their... Um, Slot wide receivers uh, in the draft this year. And there's kind of a different looking line uh, for the most part on offense and defense. But with that said, it's not necessarily seismic if
1: these offensive weapons can actually pull through. So, um, I mean, what do you what do you feel about the Jonu Smith loss though? Because while I definitely agree that obviously adding yeah. Julio and having Julio and AJ Brown as as a pretty legit wide receiver, you know, duo out there, they did use Jonu Smith a lot last year. You know, like this guy scored a lot of touchdowns for them. He was a big target. So, you know, not to discount the wide receivers and the other stuff we're talking about, but what do you feel about? the loss of Jonu Smith, knowing this offense mm. uses the tight end. So my
0: big feeling around that is is that last year, obviously, Jonu was great. Uh, I also know that Anthony Ferkser got a decent amount of showtime, And I remember between him and also Adam Humphreys, who is no longer on the team, but between Ferkser and Humphreys, I was like, these two have a future here. And I'm excited about them. So I feel okay about it. Obviously, like having Ferkser moved to the number one slot, there's definitely a lot of risk associated with that because he's never been the shining tight end. But he's really good. Like I definitely had my eye on him last season and I will be excited to see how he performs. I think he has it in him. So if anything, I'm feeling positive about it.
1: I would say, generally speaking, we're feeling positive about where, you know, the Titans have landed. Your your one hope is, like you said, like you I think Julio will have no problem settling in he was very excited and outspoken about Mm -hmm. wanting to leave the Falcons he was very excited and outspoken when he signed to the Titans so I think he's going to settle in just fine Um, the real hope I think is that like Tanny can step it up and and be at the level he needs to be at now that they've you know made some of these changes but overall feels pretty positive for them I agree I agree. Well, that's a relief
0: because some of the other teams in the AFC South are maybe not going to have such a great season. Um, but the next team that we have sequentially is the Indianapolis Colts. So
1: let's let's go your there. Favorite, your favorite, you 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 your arch nemesis, essentially. Arch- Basically, every time I talk to Kate and I, I don't if want I to have talk a Titans player on my team. I'm like, Kate, should I play so-and-so? I think last year I had Corey Davis, and i will be like, Kate, no. should I play Corey Davis this week? And she's like, they're playing the Colts, don't play them. And I'm like, man, that is just like the thing. When they face off, for whatever reason, the Titans like can't pull it out, but they'll go out there and beat everybody else.
0: Well, that's the reason that the Colts finished eleven and five last season because the Titans always lose to the Colts, and we play each other (laughs) multiple times a season. I was just saying that's
1: two right there. That's two wins. (laughs)
0: Exactly, exactly. So I don't, um, I, I fear the Colts. I do. I feel like the Colts and the Titans um, both finished at eleven and five last season. Both are formidable opponents. Both are uh, threats to each other. Um, But I would say the Colts more so outplay the Titans when they go head-to-head. For what reason, I don't really know. Uh, What I do know is that this season could be just as promising. Uh, They're re-signing a lot of their normal core. So they have T.Y. Hilton again. They've got Marlon Mack, Mo Alley-Cox. And they now have Carson Wentz as their quarterback. So... With that in mind, the off-season feels fairly promising for the Colts. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I definitely feel the same way. I think, you know, Philip Rivers retiring, he still had a heck of a season you know, but I think bringing in some fresh legs and a fresh face is going to be really good for them. You know, Carson's got a little bit of a different style of play. I think that's going to work well for them. You know, we also didn't mention Jonathan Taylor. I mean, he had a big season for them in the back, in in the backfield last year. And I think that that's going to continue this year. Um, so I agree with you. I feel like the Colts are going to be a force to be reckoned with last year, 11 and five with Phillip rivers, who again, Older, but still great, you know, at the helm. Now you're bringing in someone a little bit younger, plus bringing back kind of some of the usual suspects. Like, I mean, this this does feel frightening for a Titans fan. I would say it does. It does, because like like let's stack them up
0: one to one, right? It's like we have Mo Ali Cox and Anthony Ferkser. I'd probably go Mo Ali Cox, but who knows?
1: We've right. got
0: Marlon Mack and. Derrick Henry. We're going Derrick Henry all day in yeah, my opinion. Yeah, I mean
1: you can, you can't even even if you put Marlon Mack together with JT, you yeah. it's still not Derrick Henry. So Derrick Henry's always going to take the cake there. Yeah, right. And then we've got wide receive
0: wide outcore. We've got Julio Jones and AJ Brown and then TY Hilton and Jonathan Taylor. I mean, both very exciting in their own right, just different, right? Just different looks and different feels. So if you put them one to one, if we're going apples to apples here, they're formidable opponents. It'll just, it'll just
1: depend on who's a spark plug and who's not. Yeah. It's also going to depend on like Carson Wentz staying healthy. I mean, I know you always say, you know, you always have to say that, but he definitely has, you know, been injury ridden in the past. And so, you know, that's, that is a big off season move for them. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you, you hope that he can, can stay healthy, but yeah, you know, the, the, the Colts are shaping up to have a pretty strong, um, you know, showing again this season. Um, to to go on to the next team who I think is gonna be a little bit scary in the <laughs> other way this year is the Texans. So oh gosh. So the oh Texans gosh. were four and twelve were four and twelve last year, which is absolutely abysmal. Wait till we get to what the Jaguars were last year. But <laughs> the, the Texans were four and twelve, which is terrible. And they were terrible even with Deshaun Watson, who was arguably like a top – five quarterback all season so to end up four and 12 with Deshaun Watson is crazy to me now what's even crazier and I don't even know how this is going to pan out is like there's still so many question marks around Deshaun a hundred question marks Deshaun and you finished four and 12 last year with him how on earth do you win any games this year I mean Tyrod Taylor's your backup. I don't have the confidence in him that that's going to be, you know, a big upward mm-hmm. swing. They they re, they 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 signed Rex Burkhead and Philip Lindsay, you know, uh, it, to to replace um, you know, Duke Johnson in in the backfield. They also signed Mark Ingram, so like they're kind of leaning hard on the running backs it, it, it feels like and and perhaps that's the only thing that they can do you know with this huge quarterback question mark I guess I mean look if you look at the depth chart, tra- I mean I'm
0: seeing names here that I'm like this feels sleepy to me like Laramie Tunsil and Randall Cobb like what is happening here on I the Texans know. I don't I don't
1: yeah, I I feel like something th- something's amiss there anyway, right? Like obviously this, this Deshaun thing and and what he's got going on is, you know, it's its own issue, yeah. but like let us let us also recall that JJ Watt very outspoken about like leaving the team. He's out. That, yeah, like that's <sighs> he's a over big it. that's a big loss. You know, that's a really big loss. So, I mean, yes, they picked up some people, they released a lot of people. There's this huge question mark around Deshaun. I mean, I just don't see how this team strings together wins this year. I just don't see it. I think the only way is is exactly what you said, Michelle.
0: It's it's the run game. It's leaning on whoever ends up doing it for them between David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram and Rex Burkhead. That's the only way I could see any of this working regardless of Deshaun Watson because clearly last year it did whatever was going on last year did not work so I can't really I mean Deshaun aside let's just say that it's Tyrod Taylor who steps in as their number one then it's gonna be run 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 all day and hopefully Tyrod Taylor like has the muscle to get it to Randall Cobb or Brandon Cooks like or Kiki Kuti, yeah. our friend.
1: Um. I mean, yo, Kiki Kiki is, I mean, he was a standout last year. It's just going to be tough for him to continue on that trajectory. If he doesn't yeah. have a quarterback, that's going to throw that's the ball right. to him. But yeah, I mean, you look at some of these names in the backfield and you look, again, just said this earlier, but David Johnson, super, super injury prone, really good when he's yeah. healthy. But, you know, if, if he can stay healthy and then you, you know, sort of fill, fill this in with, you know, RB2s and 3s, that definitely could, you know, help them, you know, on the offensive side, but yeah. that's a there's a lot of maybes and a lot of question marks for these Titans uh for these Texans this year. Well, let's um let's let we lest
0: we forget that to your point, like last thing on the Texans before we move right along to a very exciting team, um but lest we forget there are big issues with the Texans organization. To your point about JJ Watts speaking out about how he does not yeah. want to be on this team, speaking about the Deshaun Watson absolute kerfuffle and i mean it's not bullshit but bullshit that he's right. putting up i don't know if this organization is ready for a 2021 season i just don't so
1: no I, I agree i agree and 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 with all those things that we just said that are not working in their favor let me tell you another thing that's not working in their favor what we just outlined for the Titans, what we just outlined for the Colts, yeah, and what we're about to outline for the Jaguars. I mean, the Jaguars are going to be competitive this year. They were one in 15 last year, which is horrendous by design. <laughs> by like, design, I horrendous. guess. Horrendous, but hey, fine, call it by design and and whatnot. But yeah. like this team, in my opinion, is going to be competitive this year. Maybe you're right. Maybe it is by design because you know what. They got the first, you know, they they got their their big pick. They got Trevor Lawrence. Like that's yeah. who they're banking on for the for their QB this year. Well, and I, I think d- it's a good bank. <laughs> I got a
0: big. There is one thing that people were saying. They were like, when they said goodbye to Gardner Minshew and lost their one in fifteen season, everybody was like, all right, if we get Trevor Lawrence, like there's a new hairstyle in town. Like we're getting rid of the mullet <laughs> and we're bringing in the flow. And I feel like there's some some big time. Good juju coming along with Trevor Lawrence and not to mention that he is bringing people along from his own. Like he's got it, you know, even like the scouts who are talking about him right now in training camp, they're like, this kid has got it. This is not like a this is not like a uh, what's his head coming to the Dolphins last year and trying to pick things up. It is not that situation for a rookie quarterback. Trevor Lawrence is the real deal. So to your point, like they will be competitive this year. I am so excited for the Jaguars, especially with the lineup that they have stacked up right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, so you you draft Trevor, everyone's going big on him. I think he's going to step into the spotlight and do well. They brought in Carlos Hyde who is just a beast in the backfield. They picked up Marvin Jones Jr., they picked up Philip Dorsett. You know, they have they they have they have other wide receivers already. Now you're adding a yeah. couple more plus a better quarterback. I mean, that alone is is pretty daunting. And then the funniest most interesting signing to me is Tim Tebow in drumroll please, not the quarterback position. The tight end position. I know it. I'm smiling saying this because I just don't really fully understand it, and it makes me sort of chuckle. But, hey, a rebuild's a rebuild. If you want to get Tim Tebow in the mix, go for it, I guess. I so agree. Even though Tim Tebow feels like a big –
0: he gives me, like, Gronk vibes, you know what I'm saying, in a lot of ways. (laughs) So I'm excited to see him as a tight end. Like, I feel like he can do it, and, like – And again, lest we forget, to your point, like there's still even with all the signings that you just talked about, like there's DJ Chark, there's Lavisca Chenault Jr. Like this team is gonna fucking rock. I can't wait. This is like one of the rocket ships I'm excited to get on for the Jaguars. Like this is this feels like the beginning of something big.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. I think this is going to be a really really big turnaround season for this team, um, and and we'll. Will probably lead to a series of you know uh, more successful seasons, knowing that they've got you know all their eggs in this in this uh, you know Trevor Lawrence basket. So, going to be exciting to watch them. The Jags were normally the team that I was like, I don't want anyone on my fantasy team, and I don't want to watch them no. play. But I think that thing is going to be very different this year. So, now comes the really the kicker question. Mm. I think we should start. This is what Kate and I have been doing in all our in all our breakdown episodes. We've got to do our predictions of where they're going to finish. So okay. I I think we start at the bottom, and I think we both agree who's going to be at the bottom this year.
0: Yeah. I mean, if it's going the way that we've been talking about it, it'll be the Texans. Like,
1: what are you going to do? I don't think there's any I, – I, I think that's just a fact. I, I mean – Call me out on it later on, but I just don't even see how that's not going to be where they finish.
0: Yeah, I think that that's kind of like uh, written. Yeah, the writing's on the wall for the Texans. Don't think they'll get it together for all the reasons we talked about. So that's the least exciting to me. The number three, two, one is much yeah. more exciting here. I mean, like I'm kind of, I'm kind of on the fence. Like, are you going with? Are you going with organizations who have a little more? Uh, gravitas They've been doing it with the same team For a little bit longer A la the Colts and the Titans Or are you putting your money Are you putting your eggs in the basket Michelle Of the Jaguars who have like
1: Fresh fresh talent So Here's here's how I see it I think that the moves that were made Specifically around Julio Jones Means the Titans are in it to fucking win it this year Like I, that was a big move for them Again, we've talked about this. You have Derrick Henry, who's just a beast unto himself. I think that team stays at the top of this division uh, this year. I think I, I just think that's how that they're going to come together. I see the Jaguars being so competitive that they actually outperform the Colts. Like we talked about the Colts, I like the Carson Wentz move, kind of, but mm-hmm. I think the excitement that you're going to feel and see in Jacksonville is going to just, like, far surpass, you know, the adding of, of, of Carson Wentz. So I actually think the Titans finish up at the top, then followed by the Jaguars, and then the Colts. I, I do see that sort of, like, catapulting of the Jaguars happening, not just because of the Trevor Lawrence thing, but because of all the other names that you mentioned that were there last year and are really good and really strong. They're just... I mean, they, they didn't have what they needed. I think they have what they need now. I think there's going to be a big groundswell around that. I mean, if I just, I, I really, I, I
0: can't get over how good their team looks on paper. You know, like, yep. if the team plays as well on the field as they look on paper, then the Jaguars will be more dynamic than the Colts will be.
1: All right, so then there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I am tightening up with Kate and putting the Titans up up. at the top. We are taking a bet on the Jaguars and all these crazy offseason moves and Trevor Lawrence and putting them in the two spot. And sorry to the Colts, even more sorry to the Texans, but definitely sorry to the Colts, putting them in third. So this this is going to be even more exciting now because last year, I think it was really mostly competitive between the Titans and the Colts. Um, I think adding Jaguars into the mix is going to make this a really fun conference to watch this year. I agree. I had fun. I've been, like I said, I've been looking forward to this
0: episode for a lot of reasons, not just because (laughs) I'm a Titans fan, but I really genuinely am excited to watch the AFC South. It's always one of the coin flips. And I think most people would agree with that in that, like it's pretty competitive. It flip-flops every couple of years. uh, But this year, Uh, You know, I'm I'm with you on taking that bet on the Jaguars. I'm excited to watch them pop off.
1: All right. Well, that concludes our AFC South breakdown episode and also brings us to the end of all things AFC. So Mm. basically, don't be sad. It's okay. It's okay. (sighs) And for everyone that hasn't listened, go back and listen to the other episodes. Get your AFC fill because next week we're going to start on the NFC
0: breakdowns. That's right. And we're going to be posting about all things across all conferences, all of our rankings for wide receivers, running backs, tight ends, quarterbacks, all the things as we're ramping up for football season, uh, training camp and preseason going into August and then the actual season in September on our social channels. So follow us at the Draft Queens on Instagram and at the underscore Draft Queens on Twitter Twitter. And if you're liking the show, you know, like, throw us a follow and throw us some five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. We're here for you. We love you. And um, can I get a tighten up, Michelle? Can I get one before we sign off here? Can I get one? Tighten up, baby.